Just in and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Talk is Jericho, baby. Talk is Jericho. Talk is Jericho, mama. Talk is me. All right, welcome to Talk is Jericho. It's the pot of thunder and rock and roll. And this week we got a huge show. Charlie Benanti from Anthrax is going to be here. The new Anthrax album, For All Kings, is out today. And it's one of their best albums they've ever done. You got to go check it out. But we're not going to talk about the tried and true studio stories. We're not going to talk about where they got the inspiration for the songs or how the recording went. Charlie and I are going to be talking about our favorite band, The Beatles. We're going to go in depth into our three favorite Beatles albums discuss them at length discuss them ad nauseum discuss them in total detail if you love the beatles if you love anthrax if you love jericho if you love rock and roll you're gonna love beatles Benanti today on talk is jericho and i appreciate you listening and listen if you haven't hit that subscribe button yet on itunes well what are you waiting for man if you subscribe you will never ever miss an episode tij will be waiting for you every wednesday and every friday morning like clockwork automatically delivered right to the device of your choice doesn't get any better than that let me tell you this my itunes subscription numbers have gone through the roof one of the highest podcasts for subscriptions so join the club don't be left out don't be the nerd on uh friday morning who doesn't have talk is jericho and doesn't know what everybody else is talking about get with it man and listen when you're subscribing on itunes take a minute and leave us a comment for a five star rating okay like i said do that now, and we will forever be in your debt. Okay, like I told you, new Anthrax record, For All Kings, is out today. And to celebrate, Charlie Benanti is going to be here. We're talking all about the Beatles. We're going to dig straight into our three favorite Beatles records. Actually, Charlie chose them. Help, Rubber Soul, and The White Album. Charlie's got favorite songs and favorite riffs. There's a few tunes he's not crazy about either. So get ready to hear some Beatles stories, trivia, how they've influenced everyone from the Beach Boys to Van Halen. Two nerds discussing our favorite band at length. You may even be surprised to hear which famous British bands influenced the Beatles' later albums. Cool discussion about, uh, about one of the greatest rock and roll bands of all time and doing it with uh, one of my favorite drummers from one of the greatest uh, rock and roll bands from all time and Anthrax. Charlie Benanti is here. Beatles Benanti starts now. Please, please help me, help me, help me. All right, so uh, here uh, in the hometown of, of Mr. Charlie Benanti. Yeah. And... Um, 
good friend, a friend, and, and, the, and we've talked about this before that the Beatles kind of made us closer friends. You, me, and, and, and Mike Portnoy. The bond. The bond, right? And, you, and you, so I said we should get together and, and kind of analyze some of our favorite Beatle records, right? And we were trying to figure out like which ones do we even do? <laughs> you know, well. The Beatle records. There's not one that we love more than the other, but there's sometimes there's months or even weeks that we kind of gravitate more to specific ones. Like for me right now, it's Help, Revolver, and the White Album. And I was thinking, like, first of all, Help kind of threw me for a loop because I had forgotten that Help was an actual album for some reason i was thinking of the u.s version where it's original songs right and then and orchestration orchestration yeah, yeah right the soundtrack so when i looked it up and then they did the english version because they did that a lot yeah with the beatles they were just trying to get as much product out as they could so they would reconfigure the english releases right and and so there'd be like 11 releases compared to the, like the six actual albums album, that had yeah, come out yeah and which which yeah i, yeah, I guess capital had to do that here because mm-hmm. yeah, they were behind right 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 they're behind the curve right. or whatever so when we were talking about it and i said okay well let's do help uh and i said let's try rubber soul right right and then the white album because i was kind of on the on the verge of abbey road but then there's also sergeant pepper too but i guess sergeant pepper would be the most obvious one because i guess that's their what people consider their masterpiece mm-hmm. but I, you know, Rubber Soul and Revolver, those two are kind of bookends. So, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very similar in, in ways, but Revolver is is the one that kind of pushed it further. Yeah, and, and that those were the two where they kind of expanded upon, I guess, you never want to use the term, you know, teeny bop music, but it was really kind of that 60s mercy beat, yeah. you know, she loves you type stuff. Beatlemania. Beatlemania, right. And then I think Rubber Soul was the first step to becoming a little bit different. I, I, w- I thought it was Help. You thought Help was the, was the bridge? Because think about some of the songs on Help. They weren't mm. Beatlemania anymore. Right. I've Just Seen a Face. You know? Um, yeah, even, even something like You're Gonna Lose That Girl. You're Gonna I mean, Lose That Girl. There's a lot of girl. interesting melodies and maybe some darkness. Even Help. Help, yeah. It's a very dark song. Absolutely. Yeah, he's absolutely. crying out for help. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Which is, is, is funny, too, because they did Hard Day's Night, the movie, and that was the, you know, it's the classic, right? Yeah. And help comes out right afterwards. A little bit kind of thrown together. Mark's brother more. Uh, well, I guess, yeah, thrown together, but I guess the Beatles had more of a say of where they wanted to shoot, so that's why it was kind of thrown together, I guess. It was kind of like a travelogue that go yeah. around the world. <laughs> I want to go to the Bahamas. Hey, let's, <laughs> yeah, let's go skiing. <laughs> let's go skiing, yeah. <laughs> And we'll do a video for Ticket to Ride. Yeah, for no apparent reason. Yeah. But, I mean, you could start to see, I think it would be a lot like, you know, if One Direction started writing their own songs and started going away from the norm. I'm sure the powers that be were having a heart attack when they saw the Beatles starting to get away from this clean, yeah. fresh-faced imagery. Yeah. You know? Exactly. And, and I guess that time it helped. When help was, I guess Dylan was more... You know, becoming that type of influence on them because you've got to hide your love away was on that record. Wow, total Dylan. So, so that's a total piece, yeah. you know. And uh, that's a another song that's kind of not Beatlemania. Yeah, you know. Right. That's- so I think that record is maybe that watershed moment where that ended, and here we're going to. The, what was the album before that? I wonder. Was it uh, the the one before that? The official album before Help. It's not Yesterday to Today, but Be- Beatles it, for Sale. Beatles for Sale. 
So that's kind of still a lot of covers. A lot of covers. On yeah, a lot of covers on that. The cover was even kind of dark. On the on the actual cover of Beatles on, for Sale. Yeah, well, that's where they had the uh, the scarves yeah. on, kind of yeah. in the central. That's park. a New York picture, right? Oh, is it? Yeah, it, yeah. it wasn't George sick or something. Yeah, he had like a tonsillitis <laughs> yeah. or something along those lines. We, it's funny, yeah, because if you look at that one, as far as the track listing on that, it's no reply. I'm a loser. Babies in black, but it's still got rock and roll music and mm-hmm. Mr. Moonlight and Kansas City. So it, it's funny because those days, Beatles in the early days did a lot of covers. A lot of covers. You know, and, and that's kind of forgotten. You talk about, oh, the Beatles are the greatest band of all time, and, and they are, but the Stones, too. The bulk of their work, or a lion's share of it, at least, was made up by cover tunes. Yeah, I guess that's how they cut their teeth. Mm-hmm. Like, Because uh, didn't they do covers in Hamburg? Right. Like, that's all they did. So here they were, doing all these covers, learning how to play other people's songs, and I guess that helped to shape the band that they were, you know, the rock and roll band that they would become. And I think that was kind of the way things were back then too. There's just the bands just played covers. You yeah, know, they knew that they were hits. Like the record companies would probably insist on that. Right. You know? I mean, doesn't it work true to this day? If you know you, you possibly do a cover of something else, and that's how people find out about you. Yeah. Or, or they did a cover of you know Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath. I love Sabbath. Hey, let me check it out. You yeah, know what you guys did. Right. That, Anthrax did that. That's yeah. what I'm saying. It's just stuff like that. I, I remember when. Um, I think it was Diver Down came out, and <laughs> Roth's I guess his 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 mindset was if it was a hit once, it'll be a hit again because yeah. that's that's there's I think seven covers on Diver Down. Is there seven? I covers? think so. Well, there's there's where uh, have all the good times gone? Where have the good times gone? There's Pretty Woman. There's um, right, Dancing in Woman. the Streets is on that. Dancing in the Streets. Uh, there's like you know I think Big happy, Bad Will, happy Sweet tra- William yeah. Now, Happy right, Trails. Happy trails. <laughs> and there might even be another one on there too of like some kind of an obscure. Wow, that is a lot of covers. Yeah. For, for an official album, yeah, exactly. For the biggest band on the planet, you know, exactly. So that was kind of the Beatles' yeah. time and, and way of doing things too. And it's funny, I just saw Ringo at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, so I'm performing. Oh, awesome! And he did Boys, <laughs> then it Don't Come Easy, then With Little Help My Friends, and then I Want to Be Your Man. And I know that John and Paul wrote I Want to Be Your Man, but it's still kind of a Stones tune. So yeah. it's technically like he did. Two covers. Two covers, yeah. <laughs> right? That's pretty funny. Yeah. So let's talk about Help. I mean, that's one of the ones we chose. So we're going to go with Help, Rubber Soul, Rubber Soul. And, and the White, White Album. Album. So uh, Help came out August 6th, 1965. So you're looking at John and Ringo were 25. Jeez. <laughs> Paul was 23. And George is 22. 22. Wow. <laughs> Already the biggest band on the planet for two years or so at that point babies uh, and the album cover was uh, if you see it with where they kind of have their their arms are out in different directions right. the original idea was for them to do the semaphore for help mm-hmm. H-E-L-P but apparently it didn't look right didn't look right right so it's just like like L Z P U or something like that. <laughs> it still worked. Yeah, it still worked. It's still classic and iconic. But it kicks off with with help. Help. That's awesome. Think? What yeah. a killer track. Yeah. Just like uh, it, that song to me is so heavy, both lyrically and musically. You know, and my favorite part uh, from the movie is you see the performance of Help, and then you see darts getting thrown at the 
at the screen, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like my favorite part. That's the opening uh, scene of the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like the, 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 the cult is throwing. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> what, a, what a great part, you know? And yeah, that's like a performance of help. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's so cool because they're in black and turtlenecks and whatever. And Ringo's got the ring on and he's playing. And it's like, oh, I see. This is how the movie's being set up, you know? And uh, that song, just when it comes on, how could you not love that song? It starts with a chorus. You know, it's funny. I had Gene Simmons on, on this show, and he pointed out what you just said, that one of the secrets of the Beatles was that they started their songs with the chorus, with the name of the song. Yeah. Help, can't buy me love. Exactly. You know, and then he went through, you know, uh, she loves you, like so many yeah. examples of that. And he said, it grabs you right from the start. Absolutely. You cannot escape it. It's like, oh, I'm hooked. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and it's funny. Um, because the Beatles have so many hooks within their songs, and I don't know what it is about them. They're just so lucky that they, you know. Do you think that's kind of the the, the uh, combination of, of John and Paul's writing? Because at that point, they were still getting in a room, banging mm -hmm. out these songs. I think with Help, there was like, okay, you guys got like two weeks to write an album. An album. So I've got this chorus, I've got this verse, and right. that's why they kind of do sound a little bit disjointed a little bit like you said a lot of riffs kind of stuck together yeah 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 you know uh but they're so brilliant at it yeah and i don't know how much george martin had over them like if he would listen to it and be like you know that part right there maybe go to a minor you know i i, I don't mm. you know we've read so many things but uh um but i think help was written specifically because of the movie right yeah the, the, the title of the movie was help, help right and they were given this commissioned you know mission right go write a song go write a song <laughs> yeah but what else is on that record is uh is ticket to ride of course well yeah we'll go through i got i got it here you know uh, um we talking uh, for dark songs or what do you mean for well just in general because there is some you know ticket to ride to me is just a great pop song well yeah well, we're jumping ahead though like, let's let's go to the night before Oh, one of my favorites. And an underrated tune. Totally underrated tune. I love the way McCartney sings on that song. It has a bit of a, you know, kind of rasp to it, you know. And uh, love it. And there's a the really cool, like, kind of beat that Ringo does. Oh, during the kind of the, the pre-chorus or the pre bridge yeah, or whatever? Yeah, bridge or whatever. Almost know, a salsa. It's so awesome. And it's like, that's when Ringo would play more for the yeah. song, you know. But, yeah, love that song. Um, it's such oh, yeah. a great lead. I love oh, it. Yeah, yeah. Told, yeah. <laughs> such a great lead, you know. And that's a Harrison lead. I hope it's a Harrison lead. Well, that's that's another thing, especially as as the time moves on. You you, you weren't really too sure who played what, right? You know, like especially when you get to the White Album, where this guy, I think George, is playing drums on a song after doing some research here. Just right. whoever was around, but I would assume that that's kind of a pretty Harrison esque. It does sound like Harrison. It's two, like it sounds like two parts are going on in that in that lead. Um, I love it. Yeah, it's it's you know, and it's another example of you know sometimes people that aren't in the know will bag on Ringo about his drumming. But he's one of the best drummers for playing the perfect part to the song. Absolutely. And that little, you know, salsa yeah, beat that you just yeah. mentioned, it's great. It's great. It's such a great, it's it a makes great that It changes the mood of that song. You yeah. Know? And once again, a breakdown, uh, sorry, once again, a dark lyric. 
you know, treat me like you did the night before. Like it's almost like some girl used Paul for, <laughs> right. for sex and then kicked him out of the kicked room or something. Now get out of here. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, then uh, after that is you've got to hide your love away. Great song. Total Dylan style tune. Yeah. So this was this about Brian Epstein? This tune? Ooh, because the rumor was that Brian. Well, not rumor. Brian is gay. Yeah. But there was always the rumor that that, that John and Him Brian were yeah. holidays right. together. And right. I don't know how far that would go. But, but I guess they were just kind of buddies, like mates. You know the way. Yeah. They, you know, I don't think too much about that. But I I read that he wrote that for Brian, and really? that's what it was because he was he was gay in the closet. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And it, it also, too, like knowing what we know about John, very sarcastic and a sardonic wit and doesn't really give a damn. He might have gone on holidays with Brian just, and not to do anything, but just to kind of yeah. hang out. Hang out. You know? Get a, figure him out. Yeah. You know? Get a little bit more of an upper hand on yeah, Paul. Yeah, right. You exactly. Know, in the classic <laughs> Paul versus John. But yeah, I mean, and that's where you can really see that, that Dylan influence. And I think it was Dylan introduced them to marijuana, yeah, too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's where their whole, that John Lennon, you know, introspective John started mm. to come out, you know. I remember that song. Um, it's funny because I, when I grew up in, in Winnipeg and back in those days we had like four channels and one of them was CKND and they would always show, you know, Saturday Night's movies, you know, they would show that during the week, they would plug it because you know, right. VCRs or whatever, yeah. you know, DVDs or... And they would play a clip from the movie, basically in its entirety. They played that when they were playing uh, "You've Got to Hide Your Love Away," uh-huh. and they're in the house. I love that part. There's like the little John's in like the sunken bed. Yeah, Ringo's playing a tambourine. Yeah, yeah it's such a great part. It's the classic moment where they they walk to their houses, open the door, say bye bye, and they all walk in. They're all in the same, same house. house. <laughs> what a killer! I love that house, that apartment, whatever. Yeah. It was. we should try and get one yeah, of those. Yeah, it's awesome. You mean Portnoy and the machines? <laughs> was it the machines? Remember the machines and Ringo goes and you know to get like food or something? drinks or whatever it was, and he gets his arm stuck. <laughs> that movie's so great. If you haven't seen it, if you're listening to this, you got to go check it out because they play it straight. Straight. It is like one of those old school Peter Sellers English comedies. Absolutely. Like you said, like when his arm gets stuck in, it's not, whoa, my yeah, arm's yeah. stuck in here. It's, it's just, like, just it happens yeah, and he has to pull it out. <laughs> exactly. What a great, like the acting too, those guys. You know, here they are, like, they're still in their 20s, mm-hmm. but yet they look like they've been doing this forever. Well, and in a lot of ways, they pretty much have. Like, you know how rock and roll is five years of playing, especially, you know, and I think it was Mick Jagger called them the four-headed monster. The four-headed monster, yeah. Because they were always together. Yeah. But just in front of the camera, they were just so natural. Mm -hmm. It's like they were meant to do this, you know. It's just just strange, the whole Beatle phenomena, you know. Just the chemistry. Just everything about them. That's what Paul said. He inducted Ringo at the Hall of Fame. He said, we were... uh, Full sides of a square, and he said, if you took one of those guys away, the square would collapse. And he said nobody was more important than the other. Sure, Paul wrote more and John wrote more, but he said the chemistry was those four, and that was what made it. Yeah. You know, you can see that in the movie. Like you said, like I, I would probably doubt there was even much of a script for that one. Probably wasn't. You know, I mean, the scene when they go into the bar and they order some, you know, some drinks, and then. 
Yeah, like you said, it was just, oh, that's just another day. Like Ringo's drink goes and the, the floor opens up and there's a lion down there. <laughs> it's like, what the hell? It's just no reason for yeah. it whatsoever, right? Uh, then we go to uh, I Need You, the George song. Love it. Song. The only thing that, 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 that I don't like about that is, is that we're like, wow, wow. Yeah, it's is that, that a keyboard. Is it's it a, a guitar with a volume pedal, oh. I believe. It kind of sounds like it comes in a little late at times. Yeah, I could. I but hey, they were experimenting. At yeah, the we'd time. never heard that. Maybe it was like even maybe it's a twelve string even or something like that. Yeah, but you know that that that. But take that part, the pre-chorus, not on back to me. Oh, that's great. Like it's really good. That's where you can kind of see like George is a pretty decent songwriter at that. Yeah, point. he was. Yeah, he was starting to take shape. I think on that record, just that whole song. Of course, I don't know how much the other guys had input on it mm -hmm. but yeah there's a really nice pre-chorus and chorus in that song you know i wonder if when george brought songs in i'm sure they would probably help him with it you know yeah I, I think it was one of those things he was always the young guy in the in the band too so they probably treated him with a little bit of oh right cute little george has a song what you got yeah hey, what you got, buddy? let's help you out and then uh, another girl another great song which he just did in japan live for the right. first time at the Budokan right yes All right. so that's been what how many years since they were there uh, well probably 66 so 50 years Jeez. and 50 years since the song came out and that's, that's one thing I like about Paul is he still challenges himself and does songs right. like this he still remembers the song <laughs> yeah or, or at least goes through and says man I like this let's, let's learn it yeah you know, I love another girl. It has that cool little lick. Boy, I've got mm -hmm. It's so 60s sounding. Yeah, it's, that's that's a little bit of a throwback to kind of the Beatlemania sound. Yeah, I can see them shaking yeah. their heads to that. You know, and that's the video for that is on the beach, mm -hmm. right? He's playing a girl at one point. <laughs> <laughs> He's wearing the Canadian tuxedo, which is jeans and a jean <laughs> and <a> shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I love that tune. That's such a great song. Another girl. Yeah, he probably took that girl back and uh, wooed her yeah. as well. I'm sure those guys are just womanizers. Everything, like every like, if you were like a girl in your 20s, who wouldn't want to you know hang out with the Beatles at right. that point in time? And there was no competition, right? So it was, you know, it's just the, the 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 field was just wide open. open. <laughs> Pre uh, pre STDs, Beeble, beetle babies everywhere. Everywhere. Uh, another kind of uh, more of an introspective Dylan type song. You're gonna lose that girl. Yeah, that's another good one. Great harmonies on that. Great. I, that's one of the better Beatles songs from that era. I think that really wasn't such a big hit, you know. Mm. But it's one of those records that it's just uh, as soon as you hear it, the beginning of it, he has this kind of soulful. This to his voice. You're yeah. gonna lose that. Yes, yes, you're gonna. Once again, what does it start with? The chorus. The chorus. Yeah. Next yeah. time I see Gene, I'm gonna tell him, <laughs> dude, you're so right, man. You know? Uh, and then also the random bongos. Oh my God, they're out of control at, at one point. <laughs> they're in like the right side of the speaker and they're just like bong. He's just playing everything. They're probably cracking up as he's playing. Yeah, you know, that's something I love too. Is like, there's, why is there bongos on this song? Why is there bongos on this song? I don't know. No reason. Just but there's a great scene in Help with that song, and they stop, and uh, it's like a drug thing. Going, right. And the guy says, boys, are you buzzing? And John says, I forget the line he says, but it's in reference to, you know, either weed or... Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's when they cut Ringo's 
the, the floor out from oh, remember? He, he falls. <laughs> so he's like, boys, are you buzzing? <laughs> but the whole movie is based around this. Ringo has a, uh, a ring on right. that belongs to a sacred. It's a sacred. Cult. Whatever. Yeah, Indian cult. Yeah. And they spend the whole movie trying to assassinate Ringo. Exactly, because he's got the ring, and they need the ring yeah. back. And, and then it needs to be painted in blood or painted red <laughs> in order for the ring to come off. Yeah, and that's the plot. That's the plot. The end. It's a great plot. And what they do to get the ring is even crazier. Well, when they have his arm, too, and they're trying to pull him and cut his hand off, and just, like, once again, completely playing it straight. <laughs> that's my hand. Yes. <laughs> Ow, he says. <laughs> uh, and then going back to what you mentioned earlier with Ticket to Ride. Just a great song. Yeah, oh yeah. And once again, the drums really make that song. Yeah. And I'm sure that's Ringo writing that. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And he doesn't even, uh, I don't think it alters that much throughout the whole song. You know, he mm-hmm. does these cool rolls and stuff, and it's yeah, a yeah. great, the one thing about that tune is there's a great snare drum sound on that record. Mm. It's just so tight and live and there's the I think the last chorus when it says she's got a ticket to ride it's just like this one it's just awesome but that song starts out with the with this hook with a 12 string and it's just like you got me yeah <laughs> yeah and actually I'm just looking here just as a little thing it's it's a song that's three minutes and ten seconds long which for the Beatles is a long it's a song. long song it's the longest song on the record it seems short too when you hear it because it moves by fast and another thing is too it's got that uh outro oh yeah that, i was just thinking about that which totally changes up the song it goes like yeah. uh, double time yeah no, it's baby don't it's just such a cool that that whole song to me is like one of my favorite beatles songs it always makes my list of it's a pretty heavy tune as well like yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. It's oh yeah that acid lick, guitar yeah, on it yeah, you know yeah. Even in 65, because I always say that the Beatles were one of the first heavy metal bands. I shouldn't say they're one of the first bands that played heavy metal tunes. When you're talking about Helter Skelter and Revolution and I Want You, She's So Heavy. Totally. It stands back like something like, you know, that riff is very heavy. Yeah. You know, it's it's kind of... I mean, there's moments on Revolver that are like Taxman. Oh, yeah. So heavy, that bass. Yes. Yeah. And... Yeah, wow. that's killer. Yeah. I also found Andrew Bird can sing the oh, harmonies that on that. That is awesome. You know? How did they put that song together? You know, in what way? How did they write it? It's just it, because there's a dual harmony thing going on between you know I don't know who's playing it, but it, but Paul's playing it. I had heard that that's Paul and George. It had to be. John wasn't involved in that. It's not his style. It's not his style. You know, John wasn't a, a chicken picker. No, he wasn't. Even his piano playing is very. Uh, Chordal and heavy, you know. Yeah, yeah. where Paul was doing, yeah. you know, John like his imagined type of chords. Mm-hmm. That's John. Good you point. Know? You know, good point. But Paul, he'll blow, 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 do, 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 you know. Well, Paul's apparently like the virtuoso. He's like Sting. You could just, he could just go into the head. They had this closet in Abbey Road right. with all of these instruments, right? And he could just go in there and pick something out of it and mess with it for an hour, and he was just, make it work. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's what happened with Sting when they were doing Ghost in the Machine. He found a saxophone. Seriously? And, yeah. And the next day, he just was playing it. <laughs> that's pretty cool. And it's like, you know, I think Paul was like that. So he could just find something and, and, and do whatever he wanted with it, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, and then the, probably one of my least favorite Beatles songs, Act Naturally. Ringo sings it. It's not his song, though. It's a cover tune. Yeah. And pretty lame. Yeah. You know? We don't even need to talk about yeah. it. <laughs> Move on. It's only love. 
Oh, that's another one that's kind of, I don't know if it's a throwaway, but it's not all that. You know, I get high when I, oh. That's the only, I like that line. I bet you it was super controversial. Yeah. In 1965. Like, yeah. you can't say that. Right. Yeah. Well, didn't they think, uh, I get high, but was mm-hmm. it, it wasn't I get high. It was yeah. I can't, I can't hide. hide. Yeah. Everybody thought it was I get high. Yeah. I get high. Yeah. What is that from? That's from I Want to Hold Your Hand. Yeah, yeah could, they weren't hand. allowed. They had, yeah, right. It's the old Ed Sullivan, like, you can't say that <laughs> or yeah. something along those lines. But yeah, it's only love, kind of, like you said, I'm sure when they were locked in a room for two weeks, it's a minute and 54 seconds. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? I know. That's like an opening riff for, like, a song nowadays. Exactly. You know, I think the, the intro for Among the Living is probably two <laughs> probably and a half longer minutes. Longer than that. Yeah. <laughs> and then followed by another one. Side two, not doing good on help. On help. You like me too much. Yeah. You know, another George uh, they gave him two songs on the record but, true you but know, you know it goes to the part I really I really do yeah I'm not into it still the bridge uh, okay then tell me what you see that's another one yeah, yeah it, it just open up your heart what you see is me but just when you think that side two is a throwaway then comes one of Paul's greatest compositions I've just seen a face exactly he's got two coming up yes yes exactly <laughs> I've just seen a face is it's it's timeless like you could come out today like if Taylor Swift did that or it would be a huge 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 song it's awesome it's you just know? everything about it. The intro. Yeah. And, like, I always thought, like, Simon and Garfunkel kind of took a little bit of that. Wow, good call. Don't you hear a little... Especially in the uh, in the chorus. Yeah. Falling, yes, I'm falling. And she, and she keeps, keeps calling me back again. Yeah. Which is Paul. I was listening to it today. He's harmonizing with himself it's on himself. that. It's okay. himself. Which is yeah. strange, too, right? Yeah. But he did that a lot later on, too. Mm -hmm. But that song is just, there's a great acoustic guitar solo in it, too, that Mm -hmm. just flows so well with the song. This is the type of song that I bet you Paul did the whole thing. I could see that. Except maybe Ringo played the brush drums or whatever it was was playing. I don't know. It just seems like that solo was something that Paul would play. It doesn't sound like a George. No, it doesn't. You know, and the fact he harmonized with himself tells me he was just hanging around. Him, I'm going to bang this out and, and hear it. Which is. he probably did. Yeah, but it's such an awesome song. I wonder why they put it in so late. I don't know. Yeah, sequencing wise, yeah. I mean, that should have been maybe even a single. Yeah, I, that's what I thought. Maybe it was too advanced at the time. Yeah, but again, the next song pretty much took over. Yeah, yeah. Well, and just to finish up with I, see, I just seen a face. He still plays that live. That's still in his set. It's just yeah. I think it's a standard. It's, it's a standard. Yeah. Uh, and then speaking of standards, it's the standard of all standards yesterday. Yesterday. Which, were the band jealous of that song, or was it, did it just become, you know, a Paul McCartney song? As know? far as we're jealous? Because nobody else appears on the song. Yeah. It's well, there's really nothing on it, just there's some strings. Guitar and strings. And that's the George Martin yeah. call. And I think George Martin always says that when he heard that song, he just knew this was a, you know... Uh, it changed mm-hmm. the course of you know what they were doing what yeah. they would do and he he didn't think any Beatles should be on it he just thought little quartet and Paul I think that was Paul cool with adding the strings at first or was he resistant to it oh I don't I don't know I think I think George was saying I want to put some strings on it Paul's like I don't know about it and then George said just let me do it if you don't like it we'll take it off okay and then put it on there and of course it adds to it as well it's beautiful it really is. I, I think as well. I think it's the most recorded song of all time. Is it? 
I think so. Jeez. You know, like as far as a, a pop song, right? Covered and you know, Muzak and everything like that. Scrambled eggs. Yeah, scrambled eggs. <laughs> Did you ever see on Jimmy Fallon when Paul went on and, and Jimmy and him sang oh, scrambled yeah, eggs? Oh yeah, yeah, scrambled, yeah. Waffle fries. Waffle. <laughs> oh baby, how I love your eyes. But this song became uh, a big song live too. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. would just do it solo. Right. Just put an acoustic on and just play it solo. Which for him was probably a little intimidating because it's like, you know, maybe the other guys are weird with this, but what are you going to do? And, and maybe for him too, you know, just doing it at first. Yeah. There's, there's a great story that he tells. I don't know if you've heard this, but he did this on the Ed Sullivan show. Maybe it was the second time or third time or whatever. And he said they had these uh, curtains and they had the old school guy who would actually have to move the curtains. There was no like, you know, electronics. And the guy was just sitting there, you know, like old, old Schlotsky, like, how you doing, kid? And he said, uh, are you nervous? And Paul said, no, not really. He said, you should be. There's 75 million people watching. Good luck. And then opened the curtains. And Paul's like, thank you. Yesterday. Yeah, right? <laughs> so uh, classic tune. And then actually, uh, the, I think it's the last cover the Beatles ever did, Dizzy Miss Lizzie. Mm-hmm. Which I like. Yeah, I, I, that's a John, that's a John Bel- Wheelhouse Bel- song. it out. And uh, it's, they're a rock and roll band. Yeah. And and once again, that that's their, it's like a twist and shout or something like that. It's their, when they're doing covers, I would rather hear them do that than like, you know, Till There Was You or whatever. That might even be their song, Till There Was You. Mm, I don't, I don't, I don't think so, yeah. Like, I think old it's China. another standard. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. The next record is Rubber Soul. Is Rubber Soul. And that comes out December 2nd, 1965. So it's like six months later. Six months later. <laughs> All the guys are still the same age. Actually, not even August. <laughs> Four months later. <laughs> how well, crazy is uh, that? How crazy is that? It's just like, wow. Great work ethic, guys. Yeah, oh, and, a, and in the meantime, you're going to be all over the place playing these touring, other right. songs. Congratulations on a great album and a great movie. Now get back in the studio. Now get back in the studio. We like that's that. super insane. Like when you think yeah. about it. I mean, you're a songwriter. Yeah. Just imagine that. Okay, Charlie, you need to release three full-length records, and I believe it was four or maybe five or maybe even six singles. But at, back in those days, that was it. Mm-hmm. That was how you worked. You, that's true. You know, because like Kiss did it, mm-hmm. right? Every yeah. six months to a year, they'd bang out another record. But the thing about the Beatles, too, is you had four guys in the band, and John was writing some killer crap. Paul was writing some killer crap. And George was coming up with the mm-hmm. stuff, too. But I think once you get to a point in your career where you know your sound, then it starts to flow even more. Like if Paul didn't write yesterday, you know what I mean? That opened the door that to the whole the, other world. Exactly. Yeah. Well, once so, again, talking about the, the, the Dylan influence, and I think Paul even said that 
at that point they were done with the the Beatlemania stuff and they knew now we can take a chance and do something different because people are going to buy it. Absolutely. And let us do this. And they were taking some chances. So uh, Rubber Soul opens up with... Uh, it's uh, Drive My Car. Drive My Car. A classic. It's killer. Great opening riff. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a heavier tune. What a great tune. It is a great tune. You know, and... Metaphor, but uh, so what is the metaphor for? So oh, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I've got no car to break my heart, but I got a driver. Yeah, yeah. That's good too. And that's a start. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I love that. And there's a great lead in that too. Yeah, that sounds like it could be more of a George thing. <laughs> sounds like McCartney. Actually, you're right. Think about it. So it's like the tax man Yeah, at the end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's McCartney. Yeah, that's that's another one. Where, I think Paul's just directing now, yeah. pretty much. You know? at, at this point, yeah. I think he's starting to slowly take over. Which and, was, and I think at this point in in the band, I think they're discovering other things. Mm-hmm. Hallucinogenics. <laughs> LSD. Uh, yeah. Weed. I think that's starting to come into the band, and you could tell with certain songs where it, it had an effect, mm-hmm. you know? Well, and once again, talking about this kind of a Dylan and the folk music going on, Norwegian Wood, this bird has flown, another classic. Flawless. You know, and what I like about it too is it tells a story. Oh, it's beautiful. You know, yeah, this... Yeah. yeah. yeah Who is this? John's pr- picking up some married lady or something, yeah. or... He's, he, I get the hint that it was almost like a Mrs. Robinson thing. Like, yeah. He picked up some old lady. When, when he awoke, you know... She, yeah. She's gone. <laughs> yeah, but he, but he didn't even, you know... Uh, she said she wanted to smoke whatever I told her I didn't want to crawl off to sleep in the bath what is the lyric I don't remember but it's basically like he thought he was going to get yeah, some yeah, action yeah, yeah. and then she was like no I just want no, to hang out and talk hang, and yeah. smoke Yeah, uh, and I'm going to go to bed by myself so you can go sleep in the bath yeah I never understood that whole tune but <laughs> yeah. I don't know it's, it's probably an adventure that John had after a gig one night he went out till 6 in the morning that's what happened went back to the tour bus although I doubt the Beatles had a tour bus in Norway in Norway yeah <laughs> <laughs> Then uh, you won't see me. Great, another great tune. You know, when I call. Another. Oh right, another great percussive part. Yeah, Ringo with the hi hat going. Yeah. I wouldn't really think that as like I would never. I'm not a drummer, but I wouldn't think of that. You know. Yeah, it's another one of those tunes where, you know, Ringo kind of maybe shines a bit. You know. Takes uh, t- takes a, a, a not a standard song. But there's a weird bridge in that song, right? With the time, time after, after time, time, you yeah. Even. I I yeah. And then la la yeah. la oh, la, yeah. la Great vocals. Yes. In that song too. You know they they were so in tune with each other because when they played all these shows in the states, they couldn't hear each other. Right. PA's were the shits and. But they were so locked in because of all the years in Hamburg. Right. You watch them sing like I don't know if you've ever you've been to Airs in Tokyo. I'm sure you bought a bunch of the of DVDs course. there. It's a classic bootleg <laughs> yeah, joint. Yeah. And I remember one time I went there and I, Junko, I think your name is. Yes. Awesome. And I said, Do you have any Beatles? She goes, Beatles. Oh, she, they have a whole damn room yeah. of Beatles. I'm like, Which store? Beatles. Where did you get this stuff? <laughs> like, there was hardly even any cameras back then. Since we like since the first time we went to Japan, that was one of the first places I went. Mm. And it was like as if I struck gold. I was just like. Oh yeah, I would walk out with bags of VHS tapes <laughs> at the time of a VHS. But yeah, um, so that tune, um, you won't see me. You won't see me. It's mm. just another one of those that maybe he should try live. 
and, and maybe he, he yeah it's like he seems like he's going back in the catalog and pulling one out every tour last tour it was uh um, one, two, three, four. Can I have? Oh yeah, yeah, all, yeah. All together, all together now. now. Yeah, you know he's doing benefit for Mister Kite now. Yeah, you know, so he he might pull it out. You know, mm-hmm. um, and then there's there's a classic John tune, Nowhere Man. Yeah, Nowhere Man to me is like such a classic Beatles song. The way it opens up with a chorus. <laughs> That's right. Um, Good call. But the guitar solo in that song is this jangly. Oh, yeah beautiful guitar solo that George does and it's just it fits so perfect in that song and it ends with a harmonic mm. it's beautiful bam down bam down yeah. bam down <laughs> it's just a beautiful guitar solo there's something about having an acoustic solo over an acoustic riff that's yeah, beautiful not a lot of bands do, at least in our you know in rock and roll do that Mm-mm. you know have the balls to do that no, exactly. But nowhere, man, didn't he? Uh, wasn't this how he was feeling mm-hmm. at the time? I mean, I think John calls it like the, around this time was his fat Elvis period. Fat Elvis period, right? Yeah, he was yeah. kind of chubby and he had glasses on a lot, right. and he was kind of lost. I, because when you find out later on how it was at that time, he was married but not not in love. Had a boy didn't, that he didn't really see yeah. much. Uh, he was traveling he was you know everything was Beatles Beatles mm-hmm. Beatles so I mean I, I could relate to it what kind of life do you have right because when you you know it's funny um, before you're in a band that is kind of successful you're just yourself mm-hmm. then when you're in the band you're from <laughs> yeah, you become yeah, yeah. that that person so John Lennon Beatles you know what I mean right um so I could imagine how it was for them back in the day because I think it all happened so soon and he didn't expect it, you know? So soon, and, and once again, like anybody that's a, like, I wasn't even born, you're too young for it, but people right. that were there were like, you don't understand how insane it was. Like all this One Direction or whoever you can choose, it pales in comparison to the, like they were stuck 24 hours a day yeah. like Elvis they couldn't go anywhere like a Michael Jackson thing that would tax on you as a, as a human right so what do you, you do know? that's right and I think you know as much as Yoko takes takes a lot of shit until John met her I think he was feeling like the nowhere man yeah he absolutely didn't, he didn't have any real connection to what was going on just as the buddies in the band yeah and, and had had and she not come around to, to you know uh, soothe him or whatever the word is he might have left the band but the band might have broken up earlier could be you know, you never know, but uh, and then think for yourself. Another George song, yeah, which I liked for one reason because when I was a kid, I remember seeing on the back Paul McCartney plays fuzz, fuzz bass, bass. <laughs> and I had no idea what that was. Yeah, which is which is kind of strange for that song, but it what, works. What is it basically like playing like Lemmy bass, just turning into the, just turn up the distortion? I think he just yeah on the distorted amp. out the bass and just yeah. played it. You know. I wonder if when Paul heard that, he's like, this song needs something special. <laughs> it needs a lot. Because it, it's going into the where <laughs> yeah. the now file. <laughs> yeah. uh, after that was the word. It's okay. Yeah, I think it's good harmonies, but uh, on the scale of one to ten in, in Beatles land, it's probably about a five, yeah. which is a nine on everybody else's yeah, scale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then uh, Michelle. Great, great yeah. tune. But I, I don't know if it was a, uh, an attempt to do another yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's okay. It's yeah. I think you can see that Paul was hanging out at a lot of art clubs. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna sing French. In the I'm gonna song sing. Yeah. Because that's what you're supposed to do. You yeah. Know, like, I'm wearing a beret and having a. 
yeah. long cigarette holder. And it's never on my list. Yeah, yeah. Whenever when I was a kid, whenever that came on, it would be a little bit of a buzzkill for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then poor Ringo again. What goes on? Yeah. Two stinkers in a row and two albums. Not. And this one was actually written by by John and Paul. Yeah. With Ringo, but. Um, it's almost like they're trying to keep that country music thing alive. Yeah, I'm not, should probably just I'm not crazy about, about this. But then I am crazy with the next song. I, I like Girl. I like Girl too. I like, and I think mainly one of the reasons why is I love the lyrics. Um, even though she's looking good, she acts as though it's understood. Uh, you know, I love that. Like you, we all know chicks like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Think their shit don't stain. Yeah, yeah, totally. And then the way he sings it. Yeah. Like really, really emotional, like he and yeah, he's, I, I like. Th- and then there's a section in that song where it's awesome. It's like the dun 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 dun. I don't know if that's oh, yeah. a harpsichord or a guitar. Yeah, I don't know. It's a great part. Yeah, that that that's a song. You know, a lot of times if you go see a stand-up comedian, like let's say like Chris Rock, if I just read the jokes on a paper, it wouldn't be funny. Right. But his delivery makes it so absolutely. Hilarious. Yeah. This song works because of John's delivery. I think so too. He yeah. sells it so good. Yeah. You know? uh, and then another kind of a Paul forgotten tune, I'm looking through you. Great song. Yeah. I like the version that was on the uh, uh, anthology. Oh, was it a diff- like a, what was the difference? It's like it starts with like like uh, percussion. Oh, okay. And it's a totally different oh. vibe to the song. It's not like this one. Because this one almost has, is, there, is that a wah guitar? Like, wow, wow. Oh, that's, that's a keyboard. I do like this song, though. Why yeah. tell me yeah. why? <laughs> but there's a different version on Anthology, which I liked. It seems like they had a few of those where they would um, just rearrange them, maybe yeah. last minute if they thought it wasn't working. I love the one uh, And Your Bird Can Sing. Mm. The one on Anthology. What's the difference? Totally different. Really? Yeah, it sounds like an alternative tune. Huh. Yeah, it's like a little slower. Okay. It sounds fatter too. Because well, that's what Revolution was too. It's like that. It's not the typical. And then, and then one of John's best songs, at least for me, in my life. Great. You know, once again, telling this amazing story about there. Like, if I, if I, I had that song played when I got married. They did like like a little video highlight package with all the friends that were there. That would be a song I'd play at a wedding, and it's a song I would play at a funeral. Yeah, you know, it kind of encapsulates symbolic, so symbolic, very uh, emotive, a lot of emotion in the song. And I remember when he passed away. That's the song that they would play during these montages. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, wow, it's pretty heavy, you know that. He wrote this tune uh, in my life, you know. Yeah, I've loved them. I was yeah, weird. in my life, I've loved, yeah. I've loved them all, and then I've loved you more. I loved you more. Yeah, which is pretty cool yeah. too. And just the tone of that song, the 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 lick on the guitar, just mm-hmm. very uh, melancholy. You know what it kind of reminds me of is it's almost like what the Chili Peppers did on Under the Bridge. Under the bridge had that twenty seven yeah. years later, or yeah. whatever. Kind of the same type of yeah, down, down, yeah, down, totally. You know? I, I hear that. Um, after that, wait. Okay. Okay. See, I, right. I, for some reason, think my, my girls are still at the age where they like me to sing to them before I go to bed. And my, my son was like that too. So I would always do Blackbird and I'd uh-huh, do cool. a couple <laughs> of the songs. And then I remember one day I couldn't think of any other songs. Like they just, you know, I was like, name 10 songs. I can't. Right, right, right. I know 20,000. <laughs> and I just started singing Wait. And that's been my kid's lullaby for like the last oh, 10 that's years. Awesome. So I think, I think that's uh, one of the reasons why I really like that song. Yeah. It's been a long time, time. now mm-hmm. I'm 
going back home. It ends weird, too. It ends weird. I've been alone. Yeah. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> then, uh, George, uh, if I needed someone. Mm-hmm. Very birds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a 12-string Very guitar. Very jingle-jangly, yeah. 12-string Rickenbacker tone. Roger McGuinn. Roger McGuinn, Good yeah. harmonies, Yeah, I think, on that, you yeah. know. Um, once again, George is still learning how to write yeah. a cool song. It's yeah. it's a, it's better than some of the other ones we've heard so far, right? You know, and then a very strange talk about a dark song, "Run for Your Life." Yeah, I mean, like he's gonna kill you. Yeah, yeah, he's Catch chasing you, you to murder you, man. That's the end. Yeah, I'd rather see you dead, yeah. little girl, than to be with another man. Wow. And I think the next line is, you know. Uh, you better watch out because you won't know where I am. Yeah. So he's hiding in the shadows. He's, he's yeah. like going to assassinate you. Crazy. <laughs> These are some heavy songs. Very heavy songs. And, and once again, you know, uh, the, uh, the John Lennon kind of strange dynamic comes through. Yeah. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela, you put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor, because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. Medela, the mark of the fight. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. we get to the uh, the last classic we're going to talk about the White Album just called The Beatles November 22nd 1968 so it's three years later correct John and Ringo are 28 Paul is 26 and George is 25 and they look really weathered <laughs> they do they do and let me just say this is the first album I bought with it, my oh, own money really yeah why this one I was old enough and to be able to I get had it. Birthday money, and my mom brought me to Woolworths, and I bought the <laughs> White Album. Woolworths, Woolworths, yeah, <laughs> the it's, Five and Dime. The first album I ever bought with my own money was um, uh, "Summer Fun" by the Beach Boys, wow. which was an eight-track cassette. But I also remember going to get this and Abbey Road with my with my mom. She took me. It wasn't Woolworths though. This, uh, this was a great album. You know, it's funny because I I. I you know, we're all united by the Beatles. I don't know if you've ever talked. Did you ever talk to Paul and Gene about uh, the Beatles? Would Gene, you? not Paul. Gene, because Paul loves the Beatles too. Mm-hmm. And his favorite. I asked him, "What's your favorite Beatles record?" And he said, "Rubber Soul." And I said, "Well, mine's Abbey Road or White Album." He said, "I don't like the White Album as much because it's the sound of a band fragmenting. It's the sound of a band breaking up." No, that's Let It Be. But, but he, yeah, right. But he's saying you can sort to see the divisions, in his opinion. In my opinion, I love this record. It's, love it. it's a Desert Island record for me. You know, um, but he's he's kind of right about certain things. Wasn't this the record that John brought a bed in for Yoko because she was sick? Yoko started coming to the studio, which before that was taboo. Right. No one was ever allowed in. No one ever was. Allowed. You know, and 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 Billy we, Preston, Billy Preston in there, Clapton, Clapton. This is when Ringo quit during the making of this. That's right. 
uh, George Martin quit That's in right. the middle of this. So this is a band. It is br- uh, fragmenting. I think, yeah, I think being really pushed to the limit and stressed out a lot. And I think the only one that held it together was... McCartney. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Once again, once Brian Epstein died, that's it. Paul became the ipso facto boss. Well, he also lived two blocks away yeah. from Abbey Road, so he would come in early, work on stuff, even played on. Yeah. He was in one studio, John was in another, and George Martin would go back and forth with Jeff Emmerich, who was the mic- uh, engineer. That's right. And uh, they would just completely create their own tunes on their own, and Ringo would just wander around. To whoever needed them, but you know, there's again. I know they talk about this in the anthology that they some of them felt it should just been one record. Mm-hmm. But Paul was saying no. Yeah, Paul said it's. It said it's he just, said it's it sold. It's the Beatles' it's white the Beatles album. White damn it! Album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shut up. Shut up. Yeah. But, but I, it's true though. There's because there's songs in that record that could be like maybe considered demos. Yeah, there's some serious throwaways yeah. on this. Wild but, Honey Pie? Oh, gosh. I mean, yeah, we'll get to all of them. There's a few <laughs> of them. But Back in the USSR kicks off. I mean, that's still a classic that Paul plays to this day. Great rock and roll tune. You know, based uh, off of, uh, they wanted to make a Beach Boys type song. Mm-hmm. Based on, I think, California Girls. Yeah. Is kind of the, the retort to that. I Yeah, it works. Now, is the beginning a plane landing? Or is it wind blowing through I don't, the forest I, in Russia? Yeah, I always yeah. wonder. I get, you know, I get, yeah, I love the little guitar that comes in. Once again, a very heavy song. But see, that's the thing. The tone of that record is very heavy. Mm-hmm. Like the drums are yes. just very big and boom, 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 boom. Um, so, yeah, it starts out with that song, which is a great song. Yeah. But it is very Beach Boys. Yeah, well, because it's like, no, no, no. Yeah. And the way it ends. Yeah. With the wind slash airplane. Yeah. But see, that's the thing I loved about the Beatles and the Beach Boys. There was this friendly rivalry because they would take something mm-hmm. from that band. Right. And that other band would take something. And it was it was fine. Was it Pepper that, that was it Pet Sounds that begat Pepper? But it was Revolver that got so Pet Sounds. Beatles do Revolver. Yeah. Beach, Brian Wilson says, This is this. the best thing I've ever heard. I'm doing something better. Yeah. And then vice versa for yeah. Pepper, right? Yeah. And then, and then Brian Wilson went insane and took himself out of the game. And tried to make another record. Yeah, and a lot of these songs were written when they were in India. Right. Uh, and Dear Prudence, next song on the record. Which is about Mia Farrell's Mia sister. sister was, she was so freaked out, she wouldn't she, come out. She was so high, <laughs> she wouldn't come out of her room. But uh, I like that tune. Kind of a newly little... Uh, I love the bass line. line. I was just going to say that. so awesome. Paul McCartney's bass lines are some of the best you'll ever hear. But you started to hear them. Yeah, good call. Because you didn't hear them in the beginning of the band because it wasn't even like, it sounded like it wasn't even recorded. That's a great call. Um, but that song, the bass line is so beautiful. What a great lick. Yeah. Playing against what's going on. And I guess he would do his bass lines last. So the song would the, the bulk of the song would be done, and then he could add that to it. And he had he would always have this melodic thing that he would bring in. He's a genius. Oh know? yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, and like I said, I all do all respect to John Lennon. Love John Lennon. Love George. But Paul to me is is the guy. He's the guy. You know. Yeah. Uh, Glass Onion. Oh. Another. That's just a super so heavy. dirty. <laughs> heavy. <laughs> Yeah. Great baseline. Another baseline. Yeah. And um, lyrics harkening back to some of their older songs. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the Walrus was Paul. The Walrus was Paul. I heard about the Fool on the Hill. Yeah. 
Which I just read today that Paul actually played a little flute lick to Matt. That's not a sample. He played. Oh, he that. actually played that. He played over. that. Yeah. <laughs> this song um, they said is one of the only songs where all four guys played in a room together. Together. Yeah, and this is after Ringo quit. When they brought him back and they put all the flowers, flowers and we, flowers we love drum. you. Yeah, they went and they banged this one out. This is a, this is a great song to bang out. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what a glass onion is. I don't know what it is either. Yeah. But and this song has a weird ending. This whole orchestra-like type piece that comes in, very, very scary. If you were on LSD listening to some of these songs, I remember even as a little kid, remember Sgt. Pepper, uh, After Day in the Life? It's got that little laughing thing. Yeah. That used to freak me out. Like yeah. When I was a little kid, not even a little kid, 12, 13 years old, I would used to go to bed listening to music. And if I went to sleep for Pepper... I would freak out waking up to that. So I never and listened to side two. It is kind of trippy. Yeah. It's and a, then there's the only noise that dogs could hear on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, how, that's ridiculous, man. Like, I wish I was in a band. Well, no one will ever be in a band like the Beatles. Well, let's just put a sound in there yeah, that wow. only dogs can hear. Why? Because we can. We can. Let's perpetrate a myth that I'm dead and put clues <laughs> right. on the albums. Okay. Uh, Obladee, Oblada, John, John Lennon said it was granny shit music. Yeah, but it wasn't. It's 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 a it's it's uh once again Beatles being the pioneers of many different styles of music. To me, it's like one of the first like ska songs. Absolutely, yeah. Like there'd be no there would be no no doubt right without Obladeel. Kind of reggae. Type yeah. Ant 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 ant. I I love this song. I don't even know what it means. Isn't it something that his uncle used to say or his aunt used to say? I'm not sure exactly what that means. Or did it just sound good with the melody he was writing? It's as if like she would uh, say, blah, blah, blah. oh, whatever, it'll all turn out. You're like, yeah. Oh, blah, oh, oh, blah, oh, blah, dee, blah, da. Well, and then, once again, a storytelling Paul. Absolutely. And, uh, I guess he sang, once again, just from reading some of these notes on Wikipedia, which if it's on Wikipedia, you know it has to be true. Of course. But when he sang the song, Desmond is in the mirror and does his pretty face. Yeah. He screwed up. It was supposed to be Molly. But when he was singing, he laid down Desmond, and then, <laughs> that sounds cool. We'll just leave it. Right. So we don't know if, like, is Desmond a tranny? Oh, shoot. That's <laughs> you right. Know what I mean? Like, Desmond's in the mirror, does his pretty <laughs> face. In you know? the evening, he's still singing with the band. With the band, yeah. And once again, when he when Paul sang that live uh, last tour, which I think was a new edition, people went nuts. Everybody knows that yeah, song. We saw it. Yeah, and yeah. you're singing. Yeah. Oh, the, the, it's, it's a nursery rhyme. It is, for God's sake. which is one of the Beatles' strengths. That's right. You know, kids can relate to those songs. I mean, I was thinking about this the other day. What's going to happen when there's no Beatles left? Like when they're all passed away. Yeah. And those songs. It's going to be a sad because the songs just live on, but you have no. See, right now we can still attach it. Yeah, we can. Right, you you went to see it. Exactly. Mia went to see exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. But in come years, you know, like we'll That's we'll right. we'll never get to see Elvis. Mm-hmm. We'll never get to see Sinatra, Freddie Mercury. Freddie Mercury. Randy Rhodes. Exactly. Yeah, the Bon Scott. Right? Yeah. But uh, so I took my son to see the Stones a couple of years ago for that specific reason. I want him to grow up. You know, fifty years from now, when the Stones are long gone, I saw the Stones. Yeah. You know, that's that's. I did. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Same thing. That's we saw a, Fleetwood Mac. We saw McCartney. That's important because. Exactly. When she goes, she goes, I saw Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. What? I, I saw McCartney. You know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, after that, throwaway number one, Wild Honey Pie. I love this tune. Do you really? It was what one is of the, it? It was one of the tunes I learned how to play on guitar. Really? It's just such it's a... It's got a weird sound to it, too. It's probably mm-hmm. a guitar, and like it sounds like he's banging on a suitcase. Yeah. Yeah. Almost like... The bang, bang, bang. It I love like it. a banjo type dun, thing or something. Dun, 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 dun. Honey, honey. <laughs> <laughs> what's he, like, what is he thinking? 
I don't know. That's why I said demos. Yeah, right. Here's an idea. Here's an I idea. might use it. Like I think there's a lot of songs they did on this that they actually took and used in the Abbey Road medley because they were just fragments, song mm-hmm. fragments. True. That could have been in yeah. there somewhere. But know? I bet George Martin was like, that, what is this <laughs> crap? Because I think they just had any, they, they just put on whatever they wanted because John was like, we'll talk about Revolution number one. Right. Paul didn't want it on there. But are we going to talk about Hey Jude? Well, that's not on. But it is. Not? It was recorded at the same session. It's White Album. Era. Yeah, along with well, Rain. Well, it's just a single. It just didn't make it. Yeah. No, Rain is Revolver, I think. Is that? Really? Because it didn't yeah. come out until... Because cause I think you have to mention Hey Jude and, and uh, Revolution. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's a different version of it, of course, on the record. Right. But the single... Well, I mean, hey Jude. This, this is all white album music. Yeah, well, Hey Jude, I think, is, is Hey Jude backed with Revolution. Which is... Which I think is the biggest selling single in the Beatles' career. And Hey Jude is, what, seven minutes yes. long? And once again, you have to cut it. No, we're not cutting it. No. Which is the same thing that Freddie Mercury told them. They you have to cut Bohemian Rhapsody. Impossible. Yeah. How do you it. cut Bohemian Rhapsody? Right. How do you cut Stairway to Heaven? Right. How do you cut Hey Jude? How Another? do you cut Hey Jude? You don't. Yeah. So let it go. Right. You know, who is this person that has uh, is listening to the radio and is like, oh, this song's over three. Well, it lasts nowadays, though. You try and give That's radio what I'm saying. Yeah. It's so ridiculous. Is it because... People just can't consume that much that they think people are... Sh- people's attention spans are slow. But when you got the Beatles, if the new Beatles single's coming out, we're listening. Well, exactly. If it you keeps know. you entertained for seven minutes... That's right. What's the big... What is the problem? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I agree. It's I like, agree. Do you, you know, ah, whatever. Yeah, ha. I, ha. I talk about this. Uh, Continuing story of Bungalow Bill. Love it. Yeah, cool song, weird. Great opening. Who played that? What, what is the opening? I can't remember. It's like a flamingo guitar, almost. Oh, yeah. And then it goes in. Then it just starts once again with the chorus. Hey, hey Bungalow Bill. Bill. And Yoko's on this song. Yeah, she's on it. Yeah, she's the one that goes. It looks so fierce. Yeah, but when you love me, let him in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, once again, um, strange song. Strange just, song. Train of thought. You know, stream of consciousness. You know, interesting tune. Yeah, it's a very simple. Dun, 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 yeah. Dun, 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 bow, bow. <laughs> it's it's like a campfire sing along. But I like it. Yeah. yeah. It just has this. Uh, yeah. It's, it's got kind a good, of it's western kind of feel cool vibe to, to it. it. Yeah. And then after that is 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 one of the masterpieces of the record. While my guitar gently weeps, the best George Harrison song up At, to that point. Up to that point. And you know he's got other great ones, but to me that's my favorite George it's a, song. It's awesome. You know. And, and Clapton. Clapton on guitar, uncredited. Uncredited. Didn't want to be credited because he didn't think that he he deserved it, but. Once again, showing that the Beatles thought that George was just the little guy in the band. He came in and played in the tune, and John and Paul didn't like it. So why? I don't know. They thought it was too dark or too long. Uh, you know, clocks in at four minutes forty-five seconds, which for the Beatles is like rhyme with Ancient Mariner. But didn't wasn't there something where George Martin really didn't like nurture this song? But then when Harrison brought in Clapton, I guess everybody kind of. Everyone, everyone put on their best faces. Yeah, yeah. Everybody yeah. was nice to each other. And, and then that's when he said they actually started trying. Exactly. Yeah, he brought in, because at the time, Clapton was God. Right. And brought in Clapton. They're like, oh, Eric's here. Oh, Eric's hi. Here. Yeah, we better, record, straight. we better record this one. And just an amazing, amazing song. Once Dark, once again. Very yeah. dark song. And just the killer solo at the end, which yeah. is all Clapton. And, and another great bass line. Oh, killer. Yeah. And this song is very, very lazy, too. You know, mm-hmm. you can't play this, you can't push this song. It's very. Right. Come on, just let it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
great drums too. Great. And oh, what a great hook! I don't know why. And and then happiness is a warm gun. The way this one starts out too. Yes. She's not a girl. This is prog rock. This is yeah right because the timing of it is kind of. It Strange. said that it took them 95 tracks. It still sounds wrong. To, it's still, yeah. It, but that's because it's very unorthodox. But the, but the thing that's cool is they could, they could actually handle it. You know what I mean? Like a lot of bands would be like, we can't do this, but no. they did it. You know, because right. it, it is very weird. Uh, tempo changes, strange, strange uh, yeah, that whole connections, section. you know. I need a fix because I'm mm, going right now. What's it, lazy? Yeah. Heavy. And then, it, and then it kind of. And then Mother Superior jumped the gun. Oh, I don't know. And then this killer. Happiness. It's very Beach Boys. Right. Bang, bang, shoot, shoot. Very happy, (laughs) but you're singing about something kind of. It's just heavy. Like, I think that's where he started to find that um, his writing. Yes. What he was writing about. Yeah. Kind of became a little more political Mm -hmm. here and there, which. And I'm sure, once again, in 1968, I'm sure the song title, Happiness is a Warm Gun, probably made some people angry. Yeah, yeah. You're insinuating. Yeah. Maybe that's what he used to uh, kill the girl that was running for her life at the end (laughs) of her her soul. But (laughs) but this was a time, too, where the the world was changing, and I think it's reflecting in the Beatles' music and like just what they're talking about, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Martha, my dear. One of my favorite. You love this song. One of my favorite Beatles songs, yeah. Written about his dog. Written about his dog. I used to have a sheepdog, too. So I can relate. Was it named Martha? No. Okay. It was named Fozzie. No kidding. (laughs) How weird is that? I've known you for 10 years. I just figured that out. (laughs) Jesus. Now, what do you like about this song? Oh, it's just, it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's, I don't even think it features any Beatle except for maybe Ringo. Or maybe Ringo on it. Yeah. Yeah. Hold your head up, you silly. I used to know how to play it on piano, but it's such—it's just a great tune. Mm-hmm. It's like it's one of his songs that I guess came from his dad. Yeah, because his dad was like a ragtime, old school a clarinet player, or clarinet a player, big band, jazz guy. Yeah. And this song kind of has. It, it does that. It's—it's yeah. it's got that ragtime type of vibe to it. Oh, bladee, oh, bladee. I love it. It's like um, silly girl. Bum, bum, honey bum, pie bum, 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 has bum, that kind of, yeah, yeah. You know, she was a, how are ya? <laughs> you know, Ethel Merman. Uh, I'm so tired. Mm-hmm. I like it. It's like, I'm only sleeping. Yeah, I guess he was, I guess he was probably, he might've been on heroin at this point in time. So maybe that's the way he yeah. was feeling. But here's where his voice starts to get a little strange too. In what way? I start singing really high. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. off key, but it didn't matter. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's like just going for it. Mm-hmm. It didn't care. Dressed in blue denim yeah. and just kind of belting it out. Is this where, is this where uh, Sir Walt, Curse Sir Walter Raleigh such a stupid git? You say yes. Yeah. yeah you, I always yeah. I, when I was a kid, I loved that line because I didn't know what it. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know what it was. Git. And, and then now we go to England and we know git yeah, is like an yeah. idiot or yeah. you know, dummy or something. Such a stupid git. git. <laughs> That's a great. It's, it's, There's so yeah. many great melodies that they came up with on this album. Yeah. You know. You know, I'm going insane. You know. Yeah. I'll give you give everything, everything I've I got. got to little piece of That's an Abbey Road melody. Mm. Sounds like it goes with that. You know? Into the medley. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It does fit in that. Paul sings in that very low. Yeah. Type of, you know? And there's a little like, oh, and then, of course, the classic Blackbird. You know, it, that's up there with yesterday. Absolutely. 
in some ways better, not as famous, not as popular, but maybe a better better song. I just think the way he uh, his approach to this song was is very minimal. There's mm-hmm. nothing there. And I think that's the beauty of this song. It just he carries it so well that he doesn't need this or that. It's just perfect. You yes. Know? Just a great melody and just everything about this song. Still plays it live. And um, he actually did a song in 2005 called Jenny Wren. Uh, W-R-E-N on Chaos and Creation. The okay. I think I sent you that record. Yeah. It's kind of a companion piece to this. It's another acoustic. Is it really? Yes. And it's well, I don't re- know this. <laughs> uh, maybe you haven't checked the album. Yeah, yeah. A, go home and, and or Google Jenny Wren. It, it's kind of, he never said, but it's the sequel almost. Mm-hmm. In feel and in lyrics. You know, because um, didn't he do another one in with Wings, Bluebird? He did Bluebird right. as well, yeah. So he likes that kind of that sonnet. Uh, and then there's a lot of animals on this side. Piggies, love it. Great tune. Obviously about the government. Obviously, George is very anti-government yeah. tax, tax man. man. Yeah. <laughs> Piggies. It's only a northern song. Yeah, it's only a northern yeah. song. Um, I love the bass tone on this one too. Mm-hmm. It's just so like punchy and sounds like a pig. Yeah, it's true. Like, dum, dum, dum. Oink, oink. Have you seen the piggies? Yeah, they, they, they're damn good whacking. They need a damn good whacking. Uh, yeah, what they need is a good whacking. And then it sounds as if it turns into a Monty Python bit. Yeah, yeah. You know, you can see them out to dinner yeah, you know, with their piggy wives. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a big chorus of you can see the guys who sing I'm a lumberjack. That's, yeah, exactly. You know? It's total Monty Python. Yeah, which could he, if Python was around by then, was coming. George was buddies with those guys, yeah, so I'm sure that had influence there. And then goes to Rocky Raccoon. Yeah. Which apparently George Martin didn't think should have made the album. Yeah, I don't know. Tell another story. I like it. What is the line I love? Uh, Her name was McGill, but she called called herself herself Lil, Lil, but everyone knew her as Nancy. Nancy. (laughs) 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 It's not bad. No, I I like when they all sing. Um, It's just a very somber. Yeah. You know, you're feeling really bad for this dude who you don't even know. It's 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 Rocky Raccoon. And he captures, it does sound like a song you'd hear, you know, 1800s Western. Yeah, you you walk into the bar and there's this dude playing. Yeah. And it's like, oh, it's Rocky Raccoon. They definitely had no problem just trying whatever they wanted to do no and also setting it up so that the listener kind of pictured the song you know mm-hmm. had his own vision of the song because to me that's what i always see is a dirty saloon yeah with someone singing rocky raccoon <laughs> yeah, you know exactly yeah. uh, and then uh don't pass me by not a bad song for no Rita. that's okay you know like not i mean what would his best song be octopus's garden yellow submarine he didn't write that no i know but but singing what i'm talking about songs that he wrote Octopus's Garden. Yeah, and this would probably be second, but you know, it has the all-time worst lyric: "You're in a car crash and you lost your hair." And you lost your hair. I I don't. Terrible. Yeah. Come on. If I was Paul or George Martin, I would have went, "Dude, here's a pen. Here's a paper. Go back and write." Exactly. You know, Uh, why don't we do it in the road? Okay, so that's probably another little ditty that they would just play and like, let's record it. You know. Apparently, Paul Uh, saw two monkeys doing it in the middle of the street in India. In India. So why can't humans do it? Yeah. And it starts out weird. Yeah, but why don't we? It's, it might be a six eight or something. It's like yeah, I don't yeah. know. And this is one of those ones that Paul played drums on. Apparently, I think he did everything on that. Of course, so. he did. And then uh, kind of the couplet of, of slower songs. I will. Uh, never one of the favorites of mine. No, not you know, one of my, mine either. I, I didn't. I like the guitar playing in it. I think more than the actual song. I find myself when when Paul did those really sappy tunes that he kind of lost me a little bit. But I was yeah. also you know 
it's got to be rocking. I, I get some of them, yeah. but that one's just... This one wasn't... One of yeah, my it was okay. And then Julia, very emotional tune, but once again... Yeah. You know, I it is what it. it is. I passed it by. Yeah, I passed it by, <laughs> and you didn't lose your hair. Uh, birthday. Great. Classic tune. Heavy, once Heavy. again. Killer. Yeah, killer. Just killer. a great blues type of mm-hmm. rocker, you know? And they could belt them out when they wanted to. Oh, yeah. They sure could. I Man, wish they did more. A little bit of a great drum part there. Yeah. Ringo hated drum solos, but he almost got one on that. He almost got one on yeah, that. Yeah, he did. And there's a... Uh, everything about that tune is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yes, we're going to do a party party. Yeah. Beach Boys again. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of Beach Boys yeah. on this tune, this album. Uh, and then another, uh, Your Blues, which I, I like it. And he did this with... Uh, remember the Rolling Stones did that Rock and Roll Circus? The Dirty Mac. The Dirty Mac. And he did it on that. Which is funny because, once again, I talked to, to Paul Stanley a lot about the Beatles. And I was telling him, have you ever seen the Dirty Mac? He's always oh, probably a train wreck. And I found it and sent it to him. And oh. it's not bad. Oh, it's good. It's, it's right. actually, yeah. It was yeah. Keith Richards on bass. Yeah. Mitch Mitchell from Jimi Hendrix right. on drums. Clapton, Clapton. And John. And John. I mean, how could that be bad? But he's like, oh, they probably didn't rehearse. I'm like, watch it. That's good. That was actually really cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know. so it's a great tune. But it's, but it's a weird Beatle tune. Yeah. I think John wanted to do something like, uh, was it John Miles Blues Breakers or whatever it was? John Miles. John Miles Blues yeah, Breakers. Yeah, yeah. Do you notice the snare during the solo changes sound? Yes. It sounds like a cut. Yeah, and I think it actually was a cut from, from reading this. It says at 317. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. It's a great, great tune. Uh, Mother Nature's Son. One of my favorite. I know you like that one too. Yeah, yeah. Another just a, just an acoustic tune. Yeah, you know you can. Well, take it's it a couple of strings. Yeah, they were locked up in these you know um, cabins in India, yeah. and all they had was an acoustic guitar. Exactly. So, so that's how this came that's out. A lot of them yeah. came out that way because I think, uh, like you said, George Martin heard a lot of these songs. Went, they're fine as it is. It's perfect. Yeah. Uh, everyone's got something to hide except for me and my monkey. Another great one. Comes in very very weird. Off. Yeah. Another one of those off timing. Yes. And then it just changes. We used to have a guy in our band called Paulie. He was with us when, when we toured with you guys a little bit. He was a real musical theory guy. Okay. And I remember him counting and still not getting it for a while. And it pissed him off. And when Portnoy did Yellow Matter Custard, he said they couldn't get this one right. They said they'd rehearse this more than any other ones. Paul Gilbert, Portnoy, you know, whoever else it was, uh, Neil uh, Morse. Wow, really? Even they couldn't figure it out. Ask, ask Mike about wow. it. I mean, Mike won't say that he didn't figure it out, but he said it took him some time. It sounds like a, stu- a, a track that was kind of put together mm-hmm. too you know assembled in the but studio but I love it I love it yeah I love it too so it's another it's sexy Sadie yeah laid back to yeah. him it's and okay they, another one of those saloon type of songs yes they called the Marishi sexy Sadie because I guess he went and banged all the chicks yeah he's which was against everything total fraud <laughs> yeah, totally right totally uh, and then the classic of all classics Helter Skelter yeah well it wasn't Helter Skelter written because uh, McCartney read something in like Melody Maker or about mm. uh, Pete Townsend said they wrote the heaviest tune. Yes. So he's like, hmm, really? And then he yeah, had the heaviest tune was I can see for miles. I can see for miles. And then which... Paul went, I can go heavier than that. And 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 this is a song that he still plays. And whenever I see it, I see him doing it like saying, okay, yeah, Metallica, okay, check this out, because this is a heavy metal song. It is a heavy metal completely. song completely, and it's I think, great. I think it's the. Origins of I agree. I this is before Sabbath. 
it's so, and just the droning bow, yeah. bow, 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 and then what it what came from it too the whole Manson thing. A helter skelter is a children's ride. Right. When I get to the bottom, I, I go yeah. back to the top and take a ride down the slide. Exactly. Manson took it as had something to do with hell, and that it was saying you know you have to kill the entire world. Yeah, exactly. It's Holocaust. Yeah, and that's where you know he piggies was another one. Mm-hmm. So Charles was very he was into the white album influenced <laughs> about his red album. Uh, long, long, long. Uh, it's not one of my favorite yeah. George songs. It's just it's very. I, I don't want to use boring, but it's very boring. Yeah, so nothing really happens. It's just there. It's very quiet. Yeah, you yeah. turn up your speaker. Yeah, it to, could have been left it. off to work. Yeah, that's another one, right? Uh, Revolution One, which is Revolution, just a slower kind of acoustic version. Yeah, would have made right. a good B side. Would have made a good B side for yeah. Hey Jude, and I think the other one should have went on the record. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I'm surprised that it yeah. uh, went that way. Honey Pie, another Paul McCartney ragtime, yeah. you know, piano type thing. But my favorite on this side, Savoy Truffle. Love it too. George's other great t- tune on this record. <laughs> Talking about all the desserts you can have. Love it. He must have, like, the, whatever the 60s version of Google was, encyclopedia yeah, right. for desserts. And I love the way they combine, like, this, like, um, alto sax. Yeah. Uh, the way. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> it's such a yeah, the great riff. There's like a horn yeah. section. And then he throws in an. Yeah. And then the solo. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is that him? It has to be. It has to be, man. This is his tune. Yeah. It sounds like he just plugged right into the board. Yeah. It's so fuzzy. Cranked up the distortion and just laid it. That's what I like about George is that he obviously came from the Carl Perkins school of absolute guitar. But when he got like psychedelic, when he got in the late 60s, he could peel them out mm-hmm. he does that a lot on all, all things must pass as well like exactly wah wah which those is, type of songs a lot of those songs were from were this. To be this yeah yeah which is you know they gave him one song per side right so out of the 30 or 40 songs george got four right which i'm sure at this point he's just like fuck this yeah you know i got way too much to so just forget it you know i'll, I'll hang on as long as I'll i can s- exactly yeah but i'll, I'll show them <laughs> uh cry baby cry i like it yeah kind of a lazy tune yeah. weird ending with that little other paul mccartney yeah. can you tell me about where i'm going that should have you know can you take me back? yeah <laughs> and then the song uh revolution nine yeah it's just a the first kind of like Zappa type weird Copy sound, and paste stuff yeah. in it. You know, loops. They were playing with a lot of loops. Lots of like uh, clues from yeah. Paul is dead came from Revolution Nine. But I ne- I've probably listened to it maybe twice in my life. Yeah, and I think that was only because I was too lazy to walk across the room <laughs> to back in the day when there was albums. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because then it goes into Good Night. Yeah, you know, which is a nice little way to end the record. Yeah, but once again. If I never heard it again, it yeah. wouldn't bother me. It's forgettable. Ring, Ringo's <laughs> Ringo's not doing too well with these. Records, no, but but the uh, you know the packaging for this record was a very uh, yes interesting little you know little little story. Yeah, um, love the cover. Mm-hmm. It's just white and it has the embossed what Beatle logo. Then in, and then there's the pictures that came with the record. The yeah, well, four they had done Sergeant Pepper, which was such an over the top cover. What do you do next? Exactly. Opposite. Nothing. Right. You know, and, and actually, Carney told this story as well, is that he wanted them to print the number of every album. Mm-hmm. Like, this is one, two. And I guess they actually, he, he convinced them 
to print 5,000. Mm. So there's 5,000 copies in the world with one through 5,000. If you have one of those, That's it's great. worth like 30, 40, 50 grand. <laughs> so if anybody's listening at home, you go through your parents' record collection, you find the Abbey Road with numbers on it. Yeah. Keep it. Keep it. <laughs> Don't put it on eBay. Well, there you go, man. That's uh, quite the Beatle conversation. But I think, yeah, th- those three albums would be kind of the uh, perfect cross-section of what the Beatles are all about. Yeah, and I think maybe go back and listen to those Beatle records because, you know, people always say, oh, Pepper. Mm-hmm. Uh, but And they say the White Album too, but Help. Never. No. I wasn't even thinking help, like I said. Help is a very strange, but actual, like I, like we talked about, mm-hmm. it's it's a breakthrough. Favorite Beatles song today? Right now? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> oh, that's a hard one. It's hard, to, right? I don't know. I'm going to say everybody's got something to hide, except for yeah. me, just because we were just talking about it. Well, we were talking about Hey Jude. I was listening to that on the way here, and it just the way it just continues. Yeah. Like never ends, yeah, class. which is great. Yeah, Charlie, man, it's great to talk to you. Awesome, You're wearing an Chris. awesome shirt too, John and Paul and George and Ringo, <laughs> the greatest. That says it all. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> Thanks to Charlie for talking about our favorite band, the Beatles. We're only missing Mike Portnoy uh, to join in on the discussion. Uh, maybe we'll have him join up for, for part two. But Charlie plays some amazing drums on the new Anthrax record, For All Kings, which came out today. I'm sure you've heard uh, Evil Twin or heard Breathing Lightning. All those tunes uh, are, are tremendous. I think there's even better songs on this record. For All Kings could be destined to become an Anthrax classic. Go check it out today. If you like the new Megadeth record, you want to check out the new Anthrax record as well. In the same vein vigorated new life for anthrax and for all kings anthrax hitting the road with iron maiden starting on tuesday uh, i'll be going to check out maiden in vegas this weekend and uh we're doing a little bit of a secret work for you guys i'll tell you that as well go to anthrax.com however to see when the tour is coming to your city i think they're starting in south america and mexico all those places but anthrax will be back in the states you know they'll be touring the pants off with for all kings i love anthrax one of my favorite bands of all time and great to have charlie on the show and do yourself a favor and buy For All Kings. You will not be disappointed. And if you're going to do that, use the Talk is Jericho Amazon links to make your parachus. You can find the Talk is Jericho Amazon links by going to podcast1.com. Click it on the Killer Deals button in the top right corner of the page. Then hit the Talk is Jericho button. I got amazing links for the USA, UK, Canada, A. And remember, every time you use these links, Amazon kicks back a small percentage of the show to help us cover production costs. No hidden fees or extra charges. You can buy just about anything you think of at Amazon and at the best price. I'm telling you what, if you use the talk is jericho links to buy a product on amazon anything i don't care what it is if it's for all kings or if it's uh, mike riccardi's book just the thought away about the uh the, the horrific night of the station nightclub fire uh maybe it's uh the best of the blue meanie is there such a thing blue meanie was was on the show earlier this week and was a, a great guy young bucks so many great guests i've had on go buy some of their stuff or go buy a microwave go buy a drumstick go buy a cowbell Post the picture of what you bought on the Twitter at Talk is Jericho, and I will retweet it, and I will follow you. I want to build up my Amazon Warriors. Go do it and do it now. Once again, podcast1.com. Click on the Killer Deals button in the top right corner of the page. Hit that Talk is Jericho button. All my other great sponsors are there as well. True Car, Geico, Guitar Center, and DDP Yoga and the DDP Yoga Now app. Go to ddpyoga.com slash Jericho. Get three free months of the DDP Yoga Now app. Okay, thank you so much for listening today. Keep listening for the 60-second AP News headlines. They're coming up next. And next week, all right, what a great week we had this week. Next week, it gets even better. Wednesday. Edge and Christian will be here talking about their new show, Edge and Christian's show that totally reeks of awesomeness. My boys are back in town, my old road buddies. 
good, good friends, fellow Canadians. We talk all about Canada, about their new show, about their memories of the WWE and any other useless, ridiculous bits of trivia that come up uh, in the meantime. So Edge and Christian will be here together for the first time on Talk is Jericho on Wednesday. We will see you then. Stay hard. Stay hungry. Peace, love, and hugs. And I will stand here for a five-second pose in their honor. You can download new episodes of Talk is Jericho every Wednesday and Friday at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com. 